Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, joined here with my co-host, boyfriend, partner, the dancer to my prancer, Dan Takaki. Hello, everybody. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Dear Daniel, what are we watching this week? This week, we are watching the sequel to a 12 Days Pod season one favorite, The Santa Claus 2, starring Tim Allen as the titular Santa and Elizabeth Mitchell as the titular Claus. That's right. Santa's got to find himself a Mrs. Claus in this one. That is right. A lot of having to find someone to get married to this season, or just, there's a lot of weddings this season. Actually, yeah, we've got one Harry Met Sally. Mm -hmm. There's... This one. This one. Christmas Prince. Christmas Prince. Well, they didn't get married yet, but they're going to. Yeah, Christmas Switch. Which there is a wedding. Yeah, lots of weddings. Lots of weddings. Wild. Why don't you go ahead and tell me whether you had seen this movie before? Had you? I can't remember. Yeah, so I had seen this movie. I did not remember a ton about it because okay. rewatching it, I was like, I don't know what's going on at all in this. But yeah. I, I remember the trailer to this movie, mm-hmm. I think, more than I do the actual movie because I remember, you know, the classic line where he's like, I've got to find a Mrs. Claus. This was certainly a movie, and we're gonna we're gonna get into what that means, but. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what you thought this movie was going to be about? Because you hadn't seen this movie yet. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. But I think it came out when I was in the height of my Disney Channel watching phases. Mm -hmm. Or at least I was still having Disney Channel on in the background, whether it was through my little brother or me. Do you remember on the Disney Channel when they would like go into the movies and there were like commercials about the making of the movies? Yes. And I vaguely remember just them talking about like being on the set and check out Santa Claus 2 this December. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember watching watching at least like commercials of the movie surfers going into Santa Claus 2. Right. So I knew there was a sequel, but yeah, I had no idea what this was going to be about. Mm -hmm. I like the original Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. It is one of those movies that I have seen several times. And even though I probably was a little harsh last season, who remembers last season? Because I don't. Not me. Um, Never look back. Never look back. Always Always keep moving forward. Never look back. I came into this with a little bit of dread, mm-hmm. but also a little bit of hope because the lows have been very low this year. Yeah. And I think we came out of it with a little bit of hope and a little bit of dread. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into it. But for our listeners at home who maybe haven't seen this movie, why don't you go ahead and tell us what the Santa Claus 2 is all about? I would be happy to. So a lot happens in this movie. So I'm just going to try and rapid fire through it. But, you know, as is the case, it's probably going to be most of the episode of me trying to recap this movie. So let's get into it. Tim Allen is back as the titular Santa Claus, a.k.a. Scott Calvin. Yep. And we have a new problem. He needs to get married by Christmas or he loses his magic powers. Yep. This is one of the new clauses, clause with an E. That came up. It was in the very, very, very fine print of the original card he was given when he put on the Santa suit. Yes. It seems like it's been roughly six or seven years since the last movie because Neil and Laura have a daughter named Lucy who 
is about that age, which is the same age Charlie was in the first movie. And Neil and Laura are great in this. Yeah, they're great. They're, they're just... super supportive. They're yeah. good pals. Yeah, I mean, they are dealing with Charlie a lot because Charlie is much older in this one. So he's quintessential moody teenager. Yeah. He's getting in a lot of trouble at school. He's been doing a lot of graffitiing. Very good artistic graffitiing, I will say, too. Also, judging by the timelines, he's 14 and he's doing this amazing graffiti art. Yeah. Charlie's been getting in trouble at school because he's a teenager whose dad is Santa and his principal <laughs> hates Christmas. So it's a recipe for disaster for him. Of course. Scott has been living up at the North Pole most of the time, and he comes down to spend time with Charlie sometimes, but he's mostly been up at the North Pole running things up there. Right. Meanwhile, up at the North Pole, everyone's favorite elf, Bernard, has been running around making sure everything's running smoothly, and there's a new elf played by Spencer Breslin, and they're both freaking out because it's nearing Christmas, and they've been putting off telling Scott that he needs to find a Mrs. Claus. This is poor management on their part. It's been six years. Yes, at least. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, I guess, after seven years, your magic runs out. They could have told him at least a year ago. They could have told him day one, but it seems like they maybe forgot or didn't realize. Poor timing, poor judgment. So as a solution to this problem, they decide they're going to make some weird, uncanny valley cyborg clone of Santa <sighs> to run the North Pole while Scott goes back down to the rest of the Earth and finds a wife. <laughs> the rest of the Earth. <laughs> It's a combo of he needs to find a wife and he needs to spend more time with Charlie. By the way, I don't know if it's been made clear yet. No one except Charlie, Neil, and Neil, Laura. Laura know that he is Santa Claus, that, that Tim Allen is Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And so what's burdening Charlie a lot, not only is it that his dad is Santa Claus, is that he's not allowed to talk about it with anyone. Right. He's got He's got no outlets. He's got no one to talk to. I mean, it seems like he's got a really good art outlet that he just needs to channel productively. I know. And he seems like he's got a group of friends that he's been hanging yeah. out with that don't even seem like bad influences. Also, he has a really good relationship with his younger sister. Yeah. Who also, she doesn't know that he's Santa Claus. Yeah. And so they're trying to keep that a secret for now. Obviously, she figures it out on her own. Because she's a small child in season two of 12 Days Pod, which means she's the best character. Yeah, she knows everything. This is where the movie splits into two. You have a very surprisingly sweet rom-com between Scott and Charlie's principal, whose name is Carol. Christmas Carol. Played by Elizabeth Mitchell, who is also Juliet from Lost, for those of you who need a visual. She's blonde. Blonde. She's been in a, a bunch of things, but that's that's what I know her from. And then you have this other part of the movie, Back at the North Pole, where this animatronic Santa just is becoming a fascist. Yeah, it's weird and upsetting and yeah. bad. It's just tonally extremely different from the, from the other half of the movie. Also, Bernard in this one is like wildly inept. Santa Claus 1 Bernard was like, get it together, Tim. He was like running the show. Yeah. And now he's like, he's just kind of goofing around. And I wonder if that's because Santa's been up there and helping out with everything. Bernard's got soft over the past seven years. He's soft. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the Scott and Carol line. So they have a cute first date where Scott uses some of his Christmas Santa magic to take her on a sleigh ride to the faculty Christmas party where he surprises the entire faculty with their favorite gifts from their childhood. And it's a very sweet, endearing moment where, yeah. like, they're at this faculty party. Everybody's, like, tired and doesn't want to be there. And Scott is like, let's let's liven things up a bit. Let's do a Secret Santa. And everyone gets their favorite game from when they were a child or toy. And they all start playing games with each other. It's actually very sweet. I got a little... I got a little verklempt. Verklempt? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a $10 word. 
And he gives Carol this creepy doll that she really liked from her childhood. And it's it's very sweet. And they, they kiss under mistletoe. And that seems to be the beginning of their relationship. Also, for a timeline perspective, he gets told about this clause on, like, December 1st. Yeah. And so he's got 24 days to find a Mrs. Claus. And we're already on, like, day 7 at this point. Basically, yeah. A little bit of time passes. And they start to fall for each other. And he tells her that he's Santa. Yeah. And she doesn't believe him. Charlie's upset that his dad's dating the principal who he hates yeah and it's just it's just a messy situation charlie and scott are fighting because you know he's not there for him enough but also charlie's like i have the best dad in the world who has the coolest job and i can't tell anyone and scott and the principal did not like each other right away they met because charlie was in trouble and they disagreed and butted heads but eventually they were like you're kind of great yeah yeah the height of conflict for scott in this movie is this point where he's he's afraid he's not going to get married now and yes. his his relationship with his son is turbid at one point he's basically like i guess i'm not going to be santa claus that it is what it is i'm mm-hmm. going to be charlie's dad and that's, that's what it's going to be and that's great and that's still good enough for me yeah yeah so lucy and charlie then eventually have a heart to heart and lucy's like whatever your issue is get over it because it's christmas and your dad loves you and charlie's like mm, you're right and so he wants to make it up to his dad so he goes and convinces carol that scott is actually santa claus right and then they go to the north pole via do you remember how is it the tooth fairy the tooth fairy that's right pew, 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 pew. <laughs> plot twist everybody there is also a council of holiday and or other mascots yeah. in this movie that meet at the beginning in the middle and the end of this movie not unlike nightmare before christmas actually yeah like we didn't see a lot of them in nightmare but this one we get yeah. the, we get the whole, the whole council of magical beings. beings yes in the list we have santa the tooth fairy cupid the easter bunny who is horrible he's, yeah he's terrible awful Ter- believe it or not folks we didn't like the easter bunny in this one uh <laughs> in addition to those holiday mascots we also have the sandman oh yeah father time who is played by scott calvin's boss from the first movie yeah which i will t- i will come back to because you have theories i have theories and mother earth Mm-hmm. our second mother earth appearance of the seriously of the mother season. nature is just out and about anyway back at the north pole robo santa has decided they're running too inefficiently which of course leads to him looking deep into the rules of the santa lore and he decides that all the children are actually terrible and should be on the naughty list and get coal for christmas not toys this robo santa is also played by tim allen it's terrifying yeah they put like a big plastic mask on him and the only thing that moves on him are his eyes and everything else is just like it's like they superimposed a buzz lightyear mask with a beard and then tim allen's doing all the physical motions of it but it's adult man-sized the santinator has created an army of toys (laughs) santinator this is the kind of dialogue and writing we're working with in this movie so i'm bringing it here the santinator creates an army of giant toy soldiers to keep everyone in line and ends up locking up bernard because he is defecting because santa is a fascist in this one guys and eventually all of the elves get locked up away too the whole operation becomes highly militaristic and it's it's not good as the santa bot is about to leave scott shows up also via the tooth fairy he frees all the elves and then there's a big snowball battle between the elves and the toy soldiers okay this we we need to talk about this this, i know that this is not the note section but we need to talk about this this drags on for some time not only that i don't know what the budget of this movie was but it doesn't seem like it was very high or maybe they blew it all on building the 
truly phenomenal North Pole set. Right, yeah. Because when they tear apart these toy soldiers, it just looks like... I said this when we were watching it. You know when you're in high school and you have to make a movie for your Spanish class or your history class? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I made and so of those. And so you pretend that you blew up something and honestly you're just throwing pieces of Legos across. Mm-hmm. That's literally what happens they just throw pieces of the toy soldiers in the air and they're like it's dead now yeah these toy soldiers are just tin cans literally they're not they're not dexterous or very mobile and so it's like what's the battle here they like at one point tie up bernard and i'm like how did they do that they don't have hands yeah they just have little like metal circles i don't understand it doesn't make sense i don't understand the mechanics of these things maybe it's just magic but it doesn't seem like it's magic also all of these elves are children well yes but what i was gonna say is they're engineers yeah they make every toy Every toy. Yeah, it did feel also like a missed opportunity for some cool toys to be used. Yes. And instead it was just snowballs. There wasn't like a, a Chekhov's toy helicopter or something. <laughs> Chekhov's toy helicopter. <laughs> like they have this machine that can shrink and enlarge and duplicate items and they didn't even use it. Name of the episode, Chekhov's toy helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> So the elves win the battle, and Scott is able to stop the evil. Are you ready for this? Santa Con. Boo. Do you get it? Yeah, no, I got it. You get it? Yeah, I've lived in New York City. I'm familiar. But like also Con. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I got it. it. Yeah. Thank you. Jokes are better when you explain them. That's how I was taught. Yeah, yeah. uh Uh-huh. The movie wraps up by Santa and Carol getting married by Mother Earth, despite only knowing each other for 20 days. He does kind of be like, you know, if you don't want to get married, it's it's totally okay. I understand. I know it's this is kind of rushing things. It's just, you know. I won't get to be Santa. I won't get to be Santa. The kids all around the world won't get their toys. And Christmas will be over forever. The elves will lose their jobs. The North Pole will go to waste. And she's like, okay, fine. Yeah. You know, there was also no explanation of the five print. What if he got married? And then, like, got a divorce three days later or just annulled the wedding. Seems like that's an easy loophole. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't They didn't dive too deep into that part of the lore. Yeah. But maybe they should have. And so then Santa and Charlie go off into the night to deliver the presents because Charlie's like, I want to come with. And he's like, okay. That happened last time. Sure. <laughs> and they fly down to Charlie's house and Lucy's there. And Charlie wakes up Lucy and Lucy's like, what is it? And Charlie brings her down to see Santa and Lucy learns that Santa is Scott. Right. And now Charlie and Lucy have somebody to talk to. Yeah. About their uncle slash dad slash Scott (laughs) (laughs) being Santa. Yeah. And that Santa flies off into the night to deliver the presents. And that is how the movie wraps. There's also endless B plots like the additional reindeer (laughs) Chet or something. Yeah. I did forget about Chet. (laughs) There is a, yeah, so there's a young new reindeer named Chet who's still in training mode. Yeah. But he's he's wild and rambunctious and doesn't really know how to fly straight. But Comet is too fat now because he flew down to Michigan with Scott and just ate candy for two months. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, there's an additional reindeer. I think we can get into the notes because that's, yeah. if we remember that there's another B plot that we let out, we can put it here. For sure. 
Carol, why don't you just get into what you thought about this movie? What, tell me tell me everything. Okay. Since we were just talking about the reindeer, mm-hmm. I'm going to start there. Okay. I remember the reindeer being better looking physically, like more technologically advanced in the first one. And maybe I'm just forgetting. But in the second one, they don't look good. I feel like the first one, they either used real reindeer or practical fake reindeer. Yeah. And in this one, it looks like they're all CGI'd. Yeah. They're a little too emotive in their faces and they tried, they were almost like gremlins. Oh, and it was the first fart joke. That's true. They did one fart joke. And yeah. We were both shocked that it was the first fart joke we had heard. Yeah. Okay. General thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. We discussed this before and I don't want to take this point from you, but basically this is two movies, like you said. Yeah. It is so tonally different from scene to scene. I'm not saying that the scenes where Scott is trying to find his new wife or where he's doing with Charlie are like revolutionary good filmmaking in the least. But no, but they're heartwarming Christmas movies. They are feel. exactly what I would imagine to be the sequel of the Santa Claus. Right. Everything that happens in the North Pole once Scott Calvin is gone yeah. is so unnecessary. It felt like the studio was like, okay. What if we made a movie for adults and we made a movie for kids? And this was not the sort of Pixar ethos of actually that can be one movie and also kids are smart. Right. It's just sort of like, ha slapstick. I mean, what they could have done was they could have had the new Spencer Bresen elf try and take over the right. North Pole. Bernard being the holdover and being like, I have to preserve the sanctity of the North Pole while Tim Allen's gone. And Spencer Breslin's character's like, no, haha, I'm going to take over. But I also think that might be the plot of the third one. (laughs) (laughs) I I know nothing about the third one other than friend of the pod, Martin Short is in it, by which I mean we really liked Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, and most other things Martin Short is in. Yeah, we love Martin Short in this Yeah, he's great. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Really, the way I would have made this better is I just don't need the elves to be so reliant on Santa that he literally has to be in the North Pole or they won't finish making the presents for Christmas. Right. That is insulting to the elves and just unnecessary. It could have been something like Bernard and the new elf FaceTime through some sort of magic device Mm -hmm. to Scott while he's down on the rest of the world and been like, we've run out of rubber duckies or like there could have been like some interesting bits there but I think that the studio was really hung up on all of these kids who are on the set who seem to be having the time of their lives oh yeah they're thriving they're doing great and just really including a lot of kids in it because maybe that's what kids like but it was disturbing yeah also in the first one Bernard has transportation magic yeah he just appears I understand that Scott Calvin is running out of his magic and he's got like a little watch on that tells you how how much magic he has left and he eventually just runs out of it right but bernard's magic is not necessarily santa's magic he's an elf he's got his own type of magic i don't know what's going on what's what's up with bernard I, bernard's having a tough time we I need don't... to check in on bernard someone call bernard he's gotten soft and david crumholtz tighten up <laughs> i liked sassy mean bernard yeah i agree i think he's and he's got a bit of an edge to him yeah yeah he's got he... no time for these shenanigans and this time he's all in for the shenanigans yeah. they're like playing football you can be into the shenanigans but i think that he's become too much of a yes man for santa and someone needs to also tell santa you gotta tighten up and i think this softening of bernard is part of the reason why they procrastinated so long slash I'm telling him 
yeah, slash didn't understand the second clause. Fair, fair, fair. But yeah, I really did not care for that second part of that movie. However, there there were parts the, in the first part, rom-com part of the movie, as we call it, that kind of like got to me. Yeah. Also, I love Neil. I know that's controversial, but I think Neil's great. May I just have a soft spot for a therapist. Yeah, I mean, there is there's a fun scene where like they're trying to summon the tooth fairy by pulling out Tim Allen's tooth. And you did not watch most of this nope. scene because it seemed like you didn't want to see Tim Allen's tooth get pulled out, nope. which is fair. Yep. But because Santa's magic, you can't just yank his teeth out. Right. And so he tries to tie floss around his tooth and slam the door with it and it doesn't work. And so Neil shows up because they're making a lot of noise and he's like, oh, I got this. It's going to be great. And so he like ties a skateboard to a string and throws it over the balcony. He's like, my brothers and I used to do this all the time. And Laura's like, what's happening? <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a seven-year-old who's losing her teeth left and right, just sleeping peacefully, being mm-hmm. like, I lost one. Yeah. I love Lucy. Good season for Lucy's, too. Anyway, I could talk about this for a while, but I think that you also had some notes that you wanted to get into. Yeah. I mean, this movie and the weird North Pole scenes are very confusing and very unsettling. I was not a big fan of that part. I did like the other parts of it a lot. So it was like one third of the movie, essentially, that I was yeah. not a fan of. And the other parts were great. I think the the plot line of you have to find a Mrs. Claus, I think that's a clever pun on the use of Claus. I'm excited to see how they use it in the third one. Mm-hmm. Oh, we remember it's called the escape clause. Oh yeah. I think he's he think he's tired of being Santa in the third one. No. Maybe. I don't know. How old do you think Charlie's going to be? 21? Oh, oh. wild and out. <laughs> Maybe he's like finishing Santa college. Now, I want to talk about this theory about yes. father time and the Santa Claus universe. Okay. Which is to say that Scott Calvin was destined always to be Santa. Okay. Deep in the lore of the internet, this this goes back since these movies came out okay. that I remember. But like most recently, I've been observing people talking about these trends on TikTok. But sure. I've seen it on YouTube, on blogs. You know, Scott Calvin destined to be Santa Claus. You know, he it just so happens that he finds the suit when Santa dies. But Santa is already gone by the time Scott comes out to him, which is suspicious because he may have died. But I don't think when he dies, his body fades away. That doesn't right. really make sense. Also, I don't feel like Santa Claus is like being a Supreme Court justice, you know? Like, you don't like just die in the role. Right, right, exactly. Like we mentioned, Father Time is played by his boss in the first movie. Right. And his boss is always very lax about him not showing up for things. He's Uh like, Scott, you look terrible. But he's never like, I'm going to fire you if you don't start getting it together. He's just like, just take care of yourself. And so I think in that role as the boss, he's also already father time. Mm -hmm. And he's been father time in that role in perpetuity or like since Scott was hired there. And I mean, there's just too many things like Scott Calvin, SC, he used to work doing marketing for toys. Right. Like, And also in the first one, if you go back and watch it, there are elves littered throughout the movie. Yeah. There are elves waiting to see him when he is sitting on the bench at the park. Yeah. When there's kids lining up to see him. There are elves when the cops show up at the end of the yeah. movie and they're just in the neighborhood and they run away. So everyone is always keeping an eye on Scott throughout these movies. It's very Truman Show. Very Truman Show. Mm. And so I think he's always he was always destined to be Santa Claus. And so I think in the third one, he's going to try and get out of it. But no matter what he does, he's going to have to continue to be Santa because that's his destiny. Fascinating. Yeah. There are a lot more little connections throughout, but those are the main ones. That the boss is Father Time and that there are elves always watching him prior to him becoming Santa. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I 
wonder if if he was always destined to be Santa Claus, mm-hmm. if Charlie at all plays into that, if there is some sort of like lineage thing, like there's like a family that is lines of Santa Claus, mm. or if there's just, you're just sort of chosen. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like in Harry Potter where like some people are family of wizards and some are just born wizards. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Santa is of this like line that just born to be born to be santa yeah i don't know maybe we'll find out in the third one yeah but that's really all the notes i have i mean i just wanted to talk about that weird fan theory that's awesome and it's cool and yeah i I don't super want to get i'm just gonna think of this as two different movies and if i think of it as two different movies i really despised one and i i I enjoyed the other one as a sequel to the santa claus yeah and i will say it feels very christmasy throughout oh yeah you know like unlike the other one where it takes place over the entire year leading up to the next christmas this is just it's just in december and so everything's it's winter there's decorations there's lights everything's christmas the whole time of course it's great we love it yeah so i'm curious to know do you have any trivia for us i have a lot of trivia for us can't wait so the bulk of my trivia centers around the fact that this film is very self-referential and everything is sort of a hidden mickey about tim allen interesting so there is a line that toy santa says he says you are a sad strange little man oh does he say that yeah a classic a classic buzz lightyear line exactly and also at one point the toy santa says i think santa feels a little buzz Again, this is the kind of writing we're working with, folks. The thing about the toy Santa is that he also doesn't have Tim Allen's voice. It's like Tim Allen doing like a robotic Tim Allen voice. And it's yeah, it's really rough. It's really unsettling. And I don't like thinking about it. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. There is a scene that when Scott is trying to explain to Carol that he is Santa, mm-hmm. she says, so far so good. You don't wear socks with your sandals and you've never been to prison. And Scott replies, well because tim allen did spend time in prison on drug charges famously yes and i'm like okay (laughs) one of my favorite things you know when we're watching a movie or a tv show that i've seen a million times is to watch the extras yes in the restaurant scene where he's like just dating this like singer songwriter oh yes 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 uh, you can hear extras in the background repeatedly saying the same thing and the three things they kept saying over and over again was oh my god I'll drink to that and cheers. And they just kept saying that over and over. And that would be my ass as an extra. As someone who has been an extra, I'm always like, ha ha, pitter patter, hit pitter patter. And if you're like mic'd in the right time and place. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully in this movie, there's not too prolonged of a montage of Tim Allen going on dates with people. He only goes out on one date with yeah. Molly Shannon. Yeah. From SNL. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And actually, regarding that character, when she's on that first date with Tim Allen, if you look at her shirt, the face of Santa that she's wearing, she's wearing a shirt that says Santa on it, uh-huh. is that of Tim Allen as Santa Claus. Oh, that's fun. When Scott captures the Tooth Fairy <laughs> yes. and tells him that he is Santa, the Tooth Fairy, doubting that Scott is Santa Claus, tells him, I know Santa. Santa is a friend of mine, and you, sir, are no Santa. And this is a parody of Lloyd Benston's famous retort to Dan Quayle during the 1988 U.S. vice presidential debate. Oh, classic. <laughs> My favorite... Have you never heard that before? My favorite debate. <laughs> no, of course I've never heard that. 
Who? Who is who is the first one? I know who Dan Quayle is. Who is the first one? Lloyd Benton? It is about John F. Kennedy. I know Jack. Jack is a friend of mine, and you, sir, know Jack Kennedy. Oh. This is a like sick a... burn. <laughs> so Carol Newman. Yes. Is that the principal? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't remember her last name when I was doing well, the recap. Yeah. She's very similar to Jessica from Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the 1970 claymation. Oh, that's the one I haven't seen. Yeah. He's the redhead. Yes, correct. Yes. And like Jessica, she... Remember Jessica Claus? We've talked about Jessica this. Jessica Claus, classic. Yeah. Like Jessica, she works at a school, mm-hmm. is given a doll by Santa, and even shares the same hairstyle and blue eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. We love Bill's little nouns. Yeah. Do you want a spoiler for next the next Santa Claus? Because there's there's some upsetting stuff that's going to happen. And there's one spoiler that is part of the trivia. What do you think? Do, I, do you think I should know this? I think you should know. Because I think that if you walk into the third not knowing this, you're going to be livid. And so I'm going to give you like a year to prepare for it. Okay, I'm ready. This is the last Santa Claus film to feature David Krumholtz as Bernard. I don't know if that means that they recast Bernard or if Bernard just dies. Huh. Or just fades fascinating they got rid of bernard the original bernard so david krumholz is just not in yeah huh why i don't know that's horrible why would they do that (laughs) no (laughs) not bernard i love bernard how could that be He's the heart and soul of this movie. Okay, you joke, but like a lot of people are going to be pissed. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird that he's just not in it. Yeah. I don't understand why. Why are we even going to watch the third? Oh, because of Martin Short. Martin Short. Martin Short. We have to. We, love we can't Martin. not finish the trilogy. I know, I know. We have a lot of movies we could watch, but we can't not finish I it. I know. We Now we're in it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Bernard's not in it, so... Unacceptable. Uh, I, I really I don't understand why. I was in shock. Yeah, we, he I had took to a cut second away to, to double check. And to I'm double like, check no. and make sure she was right, because I just fully didn't believe her. <laughs> That's how upset I was. I was like, hold on, I need to clarify and check for sure. <laughs> just to wrap it up with the last fun fact. Absolutely. The fiberglass tin soldier costumes weighed over 40 pounds. Why? And according to the actors who wore them... What? They were uncomfortable and hard to move in. Shocking. <laughs> you could have fooled me that these were shock- hard and difficult to move in. I didn't even know that there were people inside of that. It, I, you I, could have just... They didn't move much. I know. I was like, I thought they were just kind of decorations that they... I don't know. I yeah. don't know what I thought, but I didn't think there was someone inside of it. They also looked pretty cheap. I don't understand. They're bad. It's bad. Anyway. And that's it for my fun facts. Thank you. Those were a lot of interesting fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> Thank you. I got you. a lot to sit on with those. We didn't even get to say goodbye to Bernard. No. Well, now we can. Yeah. And as we say every week, goodbye, Bernard. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is this for you, Kara? So, as has been previously said, this is two separate films, and so I'm giving it two ratings. Okay. The part of the films that I liked, I'm going to give Seven Swans of Swimming. <laughs> and the rest of the film, I'm going to give it two turtle doves. I could average it, but that feels unfair because I've given things that are... Hey, who are you to compare? We don't... What did we say? We don't look we back. Don't, we don't look back. You're right. You're right. You're right. Seven and two, 
probably a, a four calling birds. So let's let's say four calling birds, but I want everyone to know that it's it's the seven swans of swimming and uh, two, two turtle doves. Two turtle doves, two yeah. turtle doves for animatronic Santa and seven for everybody else. That's even giving it a lot. I think I'm giving it a lot because I do like the elves and I do have the whisper of what Bernard was. And I think Breslin is cute in this. You really liked the North Pole set I too. really like the North Pole. This Grinch loves the North Pole. She sure does. She loves it. Yeah. How about you? How many days of Christmas is this for you? So I'm going to keep it simple for myself and just loop it all into the same movie as it as it was intended, as the Lord <laughs> as intended. the Lord intended. <laughs> this is one movie. And I'm going to give it five golden rings. Wow. You know, when you said seven and two, I was like, that's basically what I'm giving it. Yeah. Seven minus the two from this <laughs> equals five golden rings. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I rounded down. I don't really want to watch this movie again. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I, I don't have any. I would be kind of maybe interested in watching the first one again at some point, like if it was on. Yeah, I like the first one. But I, I have zero interest in watching this movie again. But I wish there were I part- could watch parts of it again. Yeah, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. I liked the tribunal of yes. characters. I thought that was, that was a, cute. That was a fun addition to it. And I'm here for this. I'm here for this theory about about who Father Time is and why mm. Scott was chosen to be Santa. Yeah, I'm invested in that. That's the thing I'm most invested in. Yeah. Is I the hear theories. That. And I'm excited for Martin Short next year and yeah. to see what what we're doing with all these folks. He's going to come, come in at like a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We are only eight days away from Christmas. Wow. Hope you finish your shopping, everyone. And we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. Join us next week for our season two finale as we take a look back at the 1989 Christmas classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hell yeah. I'm excited for this. It's going to be a fun ride. I really like this movie. I've never seen it. I've seen it recently. Oh. Like, in the past maybe five years, I've seen it. Where was I? Not dating me. (laughs) And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. And goodbye, Goodbye, Bernard. Bernard. (laughs)